Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. When his brethren saw that their father loved them more than all the brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made uh, obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, the three coats of Joseph. The three coats of Joseph. Can you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes. Lift up your hands. Let's ask God to speak in this place. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for your people. They have, have a, a hunger for you. God, help me to speak with clarity under your unction. Lord, I humble myself before you. You are the vine and we are the branches. And I know that without you, I can do nothing. Without you, God, I'm good for nothing and cast into the fire. But God, if I can abide in you, there can be fruit in this service. There can be much fruit. There can be more fruit. And last of all, remaining fruit, God. Let fruit remain today. Let the Spirit of God do a work. Let the Word do a work. Let Spirit and truth come together and, Lord, cultivate true worship today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The three coats of Joseph. Joseph. The timing of his story is very unique because the book of Genesis is a book of generations. One of the most used and popular phrases in uh, Genesis is what they call the Hebrew word toledot. Everybody say toledot. Oh, come on, somebody. I see you. I see you. Toledot. It, it literally is the, the genealogy. It's the he begat he, him, and they begat them, and they begat and begat and begat and begat. That's the Toledot. It is the book of generations. And everything is fast-paced, but it does slow down on the life of Abraham. It speeds through the life of Isaac. You don't really know much about Isaac other than him redigging the wells of his father. Again, it takes time through the life of Jacob. And while in the middle of the genealogies, it wants to make sure that it speaks of Joseph's dreams. And the dream interrupted the flow of the day-to-day. -day. The dream interrupted the flow of, of the, 
mundane day to day. He begat him and they begat, 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 and there was a dream. A young man had a dream. Before we got to the dream, it speaks of the generations of Jacob. That's what, how it starts in Genesis 37, and it assumes that it's about to get into the generations because it says, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph being 17 years old. That's amazing because it's like it's about to get into the generations, but he has to pause and say, Let me tell you something about Joseph. 17 years old, he was feeding his flock with the brethren. And as long as he was feeding the flock with the brethren, he was okay. As long as he stayed in the crowd, there was no target on his back. As long as he went around with, with, with the crowd of what his brothers were doing, every, everything's peaceable. Come on, somebody. But whenever they began to see the father's love, for Joseph, the Bible says that when they saw his love for Joseph, that he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that his father loved them more than all the brethren, they hated him. Somewhere in the process of the day-to-day -day of the serving with his brothers, somewhere in the process of the day-to-day, -day, he and his father developed such a relationship uh, together, and that relationship with his father made the father want to give him a gift. And they didn't hate him for the gift first. They hated him for his relationship first. Can I tell you, in the last days, you're going to be hated more for your relationship with God more than anything that you possess. They're not going to be jealous of the gift first. They're going to be jealous of your relationship first. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He didn't say because of your blessing's sake. He didn't say because of your gift's sake, because of your house's sake, because of your money's sake. He said, you're going to be hated because of my name's sake. That you and I have a relationship where I put my name on you. I put my name on you in the waters of baptism. I put my name on you. When I put my name not only on you, I put my name in you. Because when you receive the Holy Ghost, that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the spirit of Christ. And the world doesn't hate what you have. It hates who you have. Can I preach to somebody right now? The world isn't jealous over what you have. It's jealous of who you have. And there's going to be hate cultivated because of your relationship with God. But you've got to make up your mind, devil. You you can fight me all that you want but I'm not letting go of my relationship with God. You can persecute me for the name of Jesus. You can try to throw me out because of the name of Jesus. You can try to fire me because of the name of Jesus but if there's one thing that I'm not letting go of, I'm not letting go of my relationship with God. They were jealous because the father loved him and out of the father's love and out of the father's closeness to him they began to get angry at him and as they got angry the bible says that uh, the, the father just took it up a notch isn't it amazing when others get angry you would think the father would say i'm not gonna bless you too bad your brother's gonna get mad god ups it up a notch the father ups it up a notch and says listen i'm about to give you a code of distinction 
I'm giving you a coat of many colors. The coat of many colors, it was really, it wasn't only a sign of favor. It was a sign that he was going to receive his father's inheritance because Reuben had already disqualified himself. I'm going to preach right now. Reuben disqualified himself because of sleeping with the wrong person. And he disqualified himself because he uncovered his father's nakedness according to the scripture. He went in where he wasn't supposed to go in. And the Bible says that later Joseph would receive the birthright of Reuben because Reuben disqualified himself. It would say that in the book of Chronicles that Joseph... He wasn't the, the firstborn, so he wasn't supposed to have the birthright. My goodness, but because of the life that Joseph lived, God said, I'm giving you a firstborn birthright. Mm. And, and, and so when he gave him that coat of many colors, it was a sign of favor, but it was also a sign that he was going to be the one that controls the inheritance. And they didn't like that. They didn't like, he was wearing his coat while he was working with them. And they was just looking at him funny, like, look at you. Mm. It ain't that pretty anyway. They're like, I like my brown coat. They're like, they're like, I like it plain. I'm not fancy like you, Joseph. You know, that's, that's where you start mocking. When they're jealous, you start mocking. Oh you, oh, you think that coat's so good? Yeah, that orange don't look that good, bro. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, no, mm-mm, no. Why don't you, <laughs> you, know, you know, the first thing that someone will try to do to you when they are hate you or, or want what you have is they will try to discredit what you have. Right? They'll try to discredit it. It ain't all that. You don't need to do all that. You need. And so you say, okay, I'm going to let it go. Next thing you know, they're wearing it. <laughs> well, hold on, I thought it wasn't all that. No, you know, it, it kind of fits me well. It, it, that's the first thing that, that, that the enemy will do. You see, the enemy has a trick that he will try to distract you and tempt you over what you do not have so he can come and steal what you do have. So, so, so I'll give you an example. So, so Satan is cast out of heaven. Oh, my. Apart from God, no relationship. And he sees man as a representative of God now. Man made in the image of God. See, Satan in the glory used to reflect God's image. He used to reflect his glory. All these different things in him reflecting, reflecting the glory. Now, God makes man to reflect his glory. Oh, here we go getting deep here. Let me preach a little bit. Here it is. And so, in, in Genesis, in Genesis 3, Satan sees these humans walking around like they all that. In the Garden of Eden. And so, Satan comes and says, Hath God said? That you shouldn't eat of this? He's afraid. Look how he lies. He's afraid if you eat that, 
you'll become like gods. Hold on one second. They're already made in the image of God. How would God be intimidated by someone that he made in his image? So what Satan tried to convince them with is say, God is holding something back from you. So Satan tempted Eve over what she did not have so he could come and steal what she did have. Because what she did have was enough. But Satan will convince you that it's not enough so he can take what you have, the treasure that you have. He'll get you distracted over what you're missing so you'll stop guarding what you have. But can I tell you, one of the most valuable things you have is your relationship with the Father. And you don't need to get distracted by the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things and the cares of this world. Come on, I'm going to guard my relationship with God because this is what hell cannot have. You have the one treasure that hell can never have, and that is a relationship with the Father. He damaged his relationship a long time ago. He'll never get it back, but he's jealous of you when he sees you speaking in other tongues. He's jealous of you when he sees you clapping, when he sees you shouting, when he sees you dancing, because he sees that relationship. He sees that relationship, and he's jealous. Because he knows that he can never get it. So his, and so misery loves company. He wants to bring you into hell with him. Misery loves company. So he, he spent his whole life trying to get you into hell with him. Hell was made for the devil and his, and his fallen angels. But hell said, you know what? Misery loves company. I'm going to do whatever I can to distract you in your relationship with God. That's why we can, we can watch a three-hour movie, and we like this. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. But when it's time to pray for 10 minutes, we're like, isn't that the truth? But why? Because hell, one thing, hell's, hell's not going to fight entertainment. He's going to fight your relationship. Come on, somebody. Come on. I, I remember whenever I was an athlete, I mean, I could be in the gym for four hours and then go back to the gym for another four hours. I mean, I could be in the gym all day. Then I got saved, and God's like, go pray. And I'm like, ooh. That's what you just say, hallelujah, hallelujah. We do those fillers. Come on, somebody. We do those fillers to let the time go by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Why? Because hell will not fight you from entertainment or the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches, but he will fight you over trying to progress in your relationship with God. That's why when you say, you know what, I'm fasting today, you go to work and they say, we got free donuts for everybody. We got the best donuts in the world. We got Krispy Kreme. It was hot. Come on, somebody. I heard you love this. I heard you love that. We got gumbo for you. We got 
got, come on, whatever your favorite dish is, that's what they got waiting on you. We got your lasagna. We got, we got it all waiting for you. And like, hold on, I'm fasting. But the boss says, if you don't eat it, you know we don't like each other. And come on, so and this is going to be a sign that it's time to get rid of you. Ain't that the truth? You can't say no to the boss because you and the boss already have friction. Now he's giving a peace offering. Here's this donut as a peace offering. And you're on your fast day. And, you're, and, and God's telling me, don't you say yes. You better trust me. But you're like, I really like my job. <laughs> Isn't this the truth? So you're like, you know what we do? We can't, well, I'm going to fast tomorrow. And that's the truth. Hell will not, doesn't want to fight your gift. It wants to fight your relationship. He'll allow you to have a coat as long as you and the Father aren't connected. Are you getting what? A, he'd rather you have the symbol of a former connection than to have a current connection. I'm not content to just have a coat. I want my connection. Come on, because as long as I have my connection, my father can make me a new coat. My father can make me a greater coat. My father can make me a better coat. So I'm going to stay with the source. And so he has this relationship with his father and the brothers are jealous of him. And he has this coat of many colors symbolizing his favor and the intent for him to be over the inheritance. They hated him for their father's love for him. They hated him because of his coat of many colors. Now, on top of all of that, he said, hey, guys, I dreamed a dream. Joseph, be quiet. I dreamed a dream. Joseph, see, see what happens is when, when there's hate coming around you, what happens is it cultivates you living a performance-based life. What am I saying? He's doing whatever he can to try to earn their good graces. So he's sharing with them his heart, his dreams, his visions. Are you getting it? Because they're trying to tell him that he's not worthy and he's not nothing. But he goes, guys, I dreamed a dream. And the more he does to try to get good with them, the more they hate him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever seen something like that? The more you share, the more you share, the more they're like, oh, I hate you some more. I hate you some more. And you're like, oh my goodness. I should, they're like, and then you, you ever told somebody something and then you saw their reaction? Like, uh oh, I shouldn't have said that. God gave me a promotion. And then, and then what? You got to self depreciate. Well, it wasn't that big of a promotion. <laughs> to keep the peace, you got to dilute yourself. Isn't this the truth? To keep the peace, to keep them from killing you, you got to be like, no, no, I'm, I'm really actually dumb. What, what, you're, you have a PhD. I, I know. I, it was by accident. I stumbled through my dissertation. I just, I think they felt bad for me. To keep your friends is like you got to dilute your gift. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And so, and so he is doing whatever he can to get in favor with his brothers. 
And the more he does to try to get favor with his brothers, the, the worse that they're treating him. You ever had people on your journey of life where if something bad goes in your life, they have three hours to talk to you on the phone. Tell me more, sis. Tell me what, what they said. This and that and this. And that. <laughs> they said that. They got three hours. Y'all talking on the phone for six hours. The minute you come out of it and you start talking about how you're blessed, they listen, I got to go. <laughs> Stop bragging. When I was telling you all about my hell, I wasn't bragging. I'm not bragging about my hell. Come on, you like me in hell, but you don't like my heaven. Isn't that the truth? So, 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 so they got 10 minutes for prosperity and blessing. They got 10 hours for gossip and nastiness. And come on, somebody. It's almost like they like seeing you down. Yeah, yeah, you, you deserve all that. Right? Joseph dreams a dream. And he shares it with his brethren. And when he shares it with his brethren, this dream, this first coat that Joseph had, it was the coat of promise. It was the coat of what was to come. And what was to come, it was the beginning of a process. It was the beginning of everything God spoke to them. This is going to happen. You're going to have the inheritance. You're going to lead the family. Here's the coat. Here's the promise. It's going to happen. But after you get the coat and you have the dream, it's that infant stage of your life and of your destiny and of your anointing. It is the beginning of it all. And we think it's all, uh, it's all beautiful because we got it. I got the coat and it fits well. I got the dream and, and it's great. It's going to happen. Every one of us have received promises and visions and got a coat where we got in the service and God put a coat on you and said, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to do this for your family. And I'm going to open up this door for you. All of us have come into the presence of God and felt the touch of God when God spoke to us and said I'm giving you a coat of destiny and it doesn't matter what anybody says around you this is what I'm going to do in your life this is the door I'm going to open in your life and you start getting the dream and the vision of it you can see yourself walking in that coat in your destiny you can see the vision you can see it all but the issue with the first coat is that it is the coat of promise but the issue is it's an infant stage in an infant stage, when you get the coat where you're not fully developed, you don't know how, 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 how things, how it's going to happen. The issue with the coat in infancy, that's where hell tries to work in the infant stage. You see, uh, I'll say this. A squirrel can eat an oak tree in infancy. I'm gonna set it, I'm gonna say it again. A squirrel can eat an oak tree in its infant stage. That's what an acorn is. 
as tall as an oak tree gets. It's most vulnerable in its acorn stage. Where even a squirrel can destroy it. When it grows up, the squirrel climbs it. Won't even try. Won't even try to eat it. You see a squirrel gnawing on the oak tree, you know it's crazy. The, uh, the acorn that it doesn't eat grows up to become the squirrel's refuge. Oh, my. Uh, y'all forgive me for being philosophical this morning. But, but y'all pray for my wife. She has to deal with my thoughts all the time. I, got, <laughs> I said, have you ever thought? Have you ever thought? And thank God, she, 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 you know what she says? She goes, baby, that's good. <laughs> I got to get. Amen. Celebrated 11 years marriage. 11 years. November 17th. Praise God. Praise God. Y'all have to hear me on Sunday and Wednesday, y'all. Y'all have to hear me on the podcast. This girl's probably heard 100,000 messages and still smiling. That's, the, that's some endurance right there. That's some, either she loved me or she enduring. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. But that, that squirrel eats an acorn, but the acorn grows up to be an oak tree. But the oak tree is most vulnerable in its infancy where anything can eat it, anything can touch it. And hell likes to touch and try to take and destroy things in its beginning stages. It doesn't want to see you grow up where you become a refuge for your family, where you become a refuge for people that are depending on you, where you become a refuge for other acorns. So the squirrel eats one acorn, that oak tree has the potential to produce thousands and millions of other acorns. But all the squirrel has to do is eat one to take care of thousands in the infant stage. And hell wants to destroy the coat in its infancy. Destroy the promise before you ever get, get the energy to go after it. So it'll try to discourage you. Ah, It'll try to discourage you. He sees the promise on your life. Before God formed you in the belly, he knew you. He sees the promise on your life. So what he says is, you know what? I'm going to raise up some hell in your family. So at seven years old, you're having self-esteem issues. Are you getting it? Are you getting I see what you can become. So I got to get you before you know what you can become. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, so Satan's gonna do the tactics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a rape happen here and a molestation happen here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you stumble here, and I'm gonna make you be betrayed here, all before the age of 15 years old. So, so for the next 30 years, you're trying to process your belief in a code of promise. Trying to believe you're worthy. You can't even believe you're worthy anymore because you're still siphoning through the wounds of yesterday. Because he tried to get you an infant stage. But when you get into an atmosphere under the anointing of God, God will 
put an anointing on you in the middle of what the devil's trying to do. And God will redeem the time. God will restore the years. He will restore the years that the canker worm. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. He's a redeemer. He can redeem the time. He can give you back yesterday. I've come to recover all. I've come to get my joy back, my anointing back. I've come to get my belief back, my self-esteem back. I've come to get my calling back. God is going to redeem the time. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. He wants to redeem the time because at the court of promise, it's where you're most vulnerable. It's where you be can become jaded. It's where you can become, uh, am I even valuable? Here you are, God's destined you to lead, but you're questioning your value. Why? Because you're still deciphering and looking through the wounds of the past 30, 40 years of your life and the past six years of your life. That's why the devil attacked you how he did in your childhood. That's why the devil attacked attacked you how he did in your first marriage. That's why the devil attacked you how he did after you had your child. That's why the devil attacked you how he did with that divorce. That's why the devil attacked you how he did with all the stuff that you had been through because he never wants you to believe that you're worthy of the coat of promise. He wants you to feel disqualified where you don't even want to wear it. You don't even want to come to church and wear it. You leave it at home. You don't want to go to your workplace and wear it you leave it at home you don't want anybody to see you with that coat because you are insecure because you're still siphoning through the wounds of yesterday but I come to breathe an anointing over your life right now to tell you you're gonna be everything that God said you would be and you're gonna overcome the past you're gonna overcome your mistakes you're gonna overcome your failures you're gonna overcome the trauma and you're gonna come out of it better than and you went in. I'm releasing the anointing over this church right now. Oh, somebody clap if you believe that. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel somebody believing in the coat again. I feel somebody picking up their coat all over again. You done tried to bury your coat. You done tried to throw your coat away. But I feel somebody beginning to believe that they're a child of God. Somebody's beginning to believe that God's hand is on their life again. You don't not defined by what happened to you. You're not defined by the trauma. You're not defined by the hell. You're defined by the coat. You're defined by your relationship and God's not taking his coat back you are his beloved you are his daughter you are his son come on somebody I've come to preach to somebody here wear the coat that God has given uh, come on clap again I need somebody to shout if you hear what I'm saying I need somebody to clap your hands all you people and shout unto God with the voice of triumph if you hear what I'm preaching right now I feel a coat beginning to descend from the heavenlies I feel God putting it wrapping around you there's no holes in it there's no tears in it it's for you it's still whole it's still restored it's still yours in the name of Jesus Christ it's still yours it's still it's still as good as new receive a coat today Oh my goodness. 
The court of promise. 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 That's where the brothers come and try to tear it off of you. That's where the brothers come and try to tear it off of you. So they think, so you think that the dream was a lie. You think that the coat was a lie. And they tried to take the coat soon so he wouldn't believe that it was his. That somehow he got it by accident. Somehow he got it by coincidence. But that he didn't get it because it was his destiny. And that's what hell will try to do, discourage you so much where you don't even believe that it's yours. For you don't even believe that it belongs to you. For you don't even believe that God has it for you. So they tried to rip it off of him. They took him. They deceived him. They deceived him. Follow us here. They followed him. They got him. They took him. They ripped the coat off of him. Threw him in the pit. But kept the coat. My God. They threw him in the pit. But kept the coat. And they thought that his life was over. Because the coat was gone. But he still had a relationship with God. You can throw me in the pit if you want, but I still got a relationship with God. You can throw me out and betray me if you want, but I still got a relationship with God. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I got something that comes from another world that no devil can take away. Moth can't corrupt it. Rust can't corrupt it. No thief can break through and steal. I've laid up my treasures in heaven beyond the ocean blue. Come on, Somebody, I've laid it up. Clap again. Shout again. Dance again. Leap again. Hey. I got a coat. They ripped it from him. They ripped him from it. Kicked him in the pit. Treated him like he wasn't his brother. Treated him like he didn't belong. Treated him like God was done with him. We got the coat. What are you going to do now? They got the coat, but they couldn't get his dream. See, once you got the dream in your mind, you can take whatever material possessions that I have, but you can't take the dream that's in my head. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, I got my mind. I'm in the pit, but I got my mind. I'm in the I'm in the prison, but I got my mind. No matter what happens to me, I'm holding on to the dream. I still believe I'm coming out of this better. I'm coming out of this with more. I'm coming out of this with faith. I need you to extend to your feet right now. And I need you to grab somebody's hand right now. And I need you to close your eyes. And I need you to begin to pray the favor of God over the person next to you. I need you to begin to pray. God, release the coat on them. You're still qualified. It's going to happen. God's going to open the door. God's going to lead you. God's going to heal the marriage. God's going to heal your family. God's going to do something great.
Come on, pray over them right now. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. The devil's not going to win this battle. He's been trying to destroy you in infant stage. He's trying to destroy you with childhood trauma. But we are releasing healing over you right now. I want you to begin to speak healing over the person next to you. Healing from the inside out. I'm speaking healing on your mind. Oh God, help this church to believe what they were created to believe. Help this church to understand the weight of the anointing that's over their lives. Help this church to understand that they have been made in the image of God and that they are going to be better. You're worthy of the coat Bible center. You're worthy of the coat Bible center. You're worthy of the coat man of God. You're worthy of the coat woman of God. And no matter what you've been through in your history, you're worthy of the coat. In the name of Jesus Christ, I feel chains beginning to break from the front to the back. I feel chains of depression beginning to break from the front to the back. I feel the chains of oppression beginning to break from the front to the back. Come on, pray for that person next to you and be delivered in the name of Jesus. Be set free in the name of Jesus. I feel a coat that's coming that's coming out from the ground. I feel somebody picking their coat up. Shake the dust off of it. Put it on again and let the anointing flow over you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Come on from the front to the back. Step out of your seat. I want you to come forward right now. I want you to come forward lifting up your hands to heaven because you're getting fitted for a new coat right now. That's the first thing that happens when God gives you a new coat. You lift your hands up and he puts the coat on you. Come on. Come forward. Come as close as you can and just lift up those hands. You're getting fitted for a new robe. You're getting fitted for a new coat. Shake off the dust off of that coat and put it on. This is a coat from the glory of God. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are God's child. You are God's hand is on you. I'm believing in the name of Jesus that you're never going to be the same after this service. That's it. You can move up to the middle. That's it. You can move up to the side. There's room for you here. You're not going to be the same. God's hand is on you. This is a different season. This is a new coat on you. This is a difference. Put on your coat of promise in the name of Jesus. They could try to take the coat away, but they can't take the dream away. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. I believe. I still believe. I still believe.